بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله and welcome to this podcast series of a commentary on نهج البلاغة by Mizan Institute ثم نفخ فيها من روحه فمثلت إنسانا ذا أذهان يجيلها وفكر يتصرف بها وجوارح يختدمها وأدوات يقلبها after explaining the first or half of the first stage of the creation of Adam السلام, Imam Ali moves on to the second half of the first stage of the creation of Adam. As I said in our last episode, we talked about how in this part of the khutbah, Imam Ali is going to discuss Adam السلام, and his creation in five stages. The first of which has to do with his physical slash spiritual creation. So in our last episode, we discussed the first part of that first stage, which was the physical creation of Adam and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created him from a dirt that he poured water on, made it into a sticky clay, and carved out an image with curves and joints and limbs and segments. We talked about that. But that doesn't constitute Adam in his entirety. right? There's a soul and ruh that also has to be blown into him. And so that first stage was left incomplete. We left the rest of it for this episode. And so here, the Imam, he says, Then, after some time, what happened? Thumma, after some time, nafakha fiha min ruhihi. Allah did nafkh. Allah blew into, nafkh means to blow, into Adam or into this clay, that he had that he had created. It's interesting. It uses the the uh, pronoun of fiha ha. So this ha is referring to that same clay mold, not Adam, or else it would have said fihi. So it says fiha. That same that same clay, that same thing that Allah created and molded with clay. He blew into it min ruhihi from his soul. From Allah's soul, and we'll talk about that. What happened as a result? Famathulat insanan. It came out to be an insan. Okay, so this clay mold was already insan. I mean, it looked like insan, right? But no, 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 no. Allah or Imam Ali here in Nahj al Balagha, he says that it became and came out to be an insan after the soul was blown into it. Okay, so. You don't have insan just by having a material being that looks like insan. It has to also have a ruh in it. Then you can call it insan. Okay. But now we need to, we need to talk about two things here. Number one, nafkh. Number two, ruhihi. Nafkh means to blow, as I said. Why is it using this verb? Other commentaries have discussed, they have different opinions here, why nafkh is used. And of course, the same verb is also used in the Quran. We have this in Surah Al-Hijr, verse number 29, where it says, فَإِذَا سَوَّيْتُهُ وَنَفَخْتُ فِيهِ مِنْ رُوحِ فَقَعُوا لَهُ سَاجِدِينَ That Allah is telling the angels that when I have proportioned this human being and I have blown into it of my ruh, of my spirit or soul, then I want you to fall in prostration. So this verb, نفخ, or نفخ, and nafaktu is there also in the Qur'an. So here in Nahj al-Balagha also it's used as I said. And so the commentators have explained that uh, they have different opinions on this and different 
takes on this and why this has been used. Because Allah is not a material being. Allah is not like us. So blowing, which means to push wind out of your um, out of your mouth, coming from your lungs or your chest, this, um, this does not apply to God. God doesn't have any of that. So what, what is going on here? Of course, it's, it's a metaphor. And so what is that metaphor exactly? What is trying to be conveyed here? One of the commentators of Nahjul Balagha, they have said that, well, let's look at what nafkh is. Yes, it's air um, being pushed out of the mouth coming from the chest. So, if that is coming from within you, then you there's something in you that you are transferring to someone else, coming from within you. When you blow at something, the air that's from inside of you is coming out and going and hitting something else. So here also, it's as if Allah from within himself, so to speak, of course, is pushing out something from him and adding it to something else, connecting it to something else, which is the soul that goes into the body of Adam salam. Others have said, no, when you're blowing at something, usually what you're, what's happening is, if you're blowing at a fire, this is the example they've, they've given, what's going on is that you are lighting that fire, okay? Increasing the flame of a fire by blowing at it. It's as if when God blew at this, this lifeless clay being, He ignited in it the ruh and soul and life within it. The life was there as if, this is my addition here, an explanation of this uh, commentator's take. It's as if the life is there, but like when you blow at it, you are really you know, kindling and igniting that fire. And so it comes to life as if, like a fire that comes to life when you blow at it. So these are different takes. I, I found them to be interesting. I thought I'd share them. All in all, what is meant though is clear, that before this blow, this was a lifeless piece of clay, after life was blown into it, it comes to life to the point where it can now be called insan and before it, it is not insan. Okay? So, that is the first point I wanted to discuss. Nafkh, this verb, why is it used? Another uh, point here is that we need to discuss is ruhihi. As you can see, ruh um, here has been used in a possessive form. Also in the Quran where it says min ruhi, my soul, my spirit. It's also used uh, in the possessive. And so, why is it that this ruh belongs to Allah? What is meant by it? Some, um, unwillingly, unknowingly, I would say, they will interpret this in a way that brings Allah down and, and causes Allah to be like a material being. They say, yeah, Allah gave us a piece of His soul because it's saying my soul or His soul. And so Allah is taking a piece of his soul and putting it in within all of us. And that's what makes us all so special. You know, they, it'll get very poetic here. Uh, that's what makes us all so special because we all are carrying with us a piece of God and things like that. Okay, um, sounds nice, but did you know you actually just restricted God to being kind of like a material being or restricting him in one way or another? If, even if you say the soul is not a material thing, but saying that a piece of God is within us, that itself implies uh, materialism. All right, so here, and being material. So here, what we have to say once again is that this is metaphor. When it says, my soul, it's actually a, in, in Arabic they say, Yes, it's possessive. 
Yes, it's yes, it's saying that this soul and spirit belongs to Allah, but it is like how we have in the Quran. We have that verse that says, "Wa that Allah tells Prophet Adam and his son, or excuse me, Prophet Ibrahim and his son, uh, to purify his home, God's home. So what does this mean now? Does this mean God like is sitting in that home, living in that home? No. My home, meaning this has to do with me, is attributed to me, belongs to me in a way that this is now a sacred place because of that. It's honored because of me. Tashrif means to honor something. Okay. So here also, this ruh, Allah is saying, is coming from me, meaning it's associated with me. Not that it's a piece of me that I'm putting into you. Okay. So this is very important to keep in mind. Sometimes... Um, we want to sound nice, but uh, and say uh, we want to say nice things, nice sounding things. We don't know that we're bringing Allah down. Actually, yes, our scholars have pointed out here that this is a ilafa tashrifiya, and I've heard more than one and seen more than one of our scholars point this up. Okay, so that's the other point that I wanted to discuss in this line. So it goes on. It says this now this being came out to be an insan, the adhanin. Yujiluha. That it, it has this human being now, it has adhan. Vihan means mind. Adhan is the plural of that. Okay. So minds. When you look at the English translation I have in front of me, it says being with mind that governs him. I don't agree with this necessarily. Not that it's a wrong translation, but it doesn't, it's not hitting the nail on the head the way it's supposed to because plural has been used here. And so here scholars and commentators have pointed out that this is actually, um, it's indicating the different intellectual uh, faculties that we've been endowed with actually, that Allah has blessed us with, that we use to be able to do different things. Okay, Now yujiluha here means to move something around. So we are as if putting these faculties to work, putting them in motion, moving them around, meaning using them for whatever we need to use them for. Okay, so Allah has endowed this Adam, this insan, that he has blown his spirit into with faculties, intellectual faculties that this person is using and putting in motion and putting to work. Okay? Now, what are these faculties? Examples of these faculties will be like the fact that we have memory. Our memory is one of those faculties. Our cognitive um, ability and faculty is another one of those. Our imagination is another one of those. And, and so on and so forth. You might be able to think of tens of these things that make up, one might say that make up the mind in its entirety. Okay, Maybe you can say mind with a, with a capital M if, if you would like. So... Um, but we have to understand that it says adhan. It doesn't say dhihn. It doesn't say insanan dha dhihnin yujiluhu. It says dha adhanin yujiluha. So these different faculties that he or she puts to work. Wa fikarin yatasarrafu biha. Fikar, just like adhan, is also plural. And it's probably the plural of fikra and thought. Okay, So... The, this person has faculties and thoughts that th that he or she will use to get things done. Yatasarrafu biha. Now here, someone might ask, okay, what's the difference between the adhanin, 
the faculties and thoughts. One, some have said this, and I kind of agree with them. One will have to do with um, us understanding things, being able to make sense of abstract concepts, to be able to tell you know a truth from falsehood and all of that, understanding things. While the other one has to do with the things that the intellectual endeavors we have that we put to act into our actions now that we act upon, all right, that we push to the point of acting upon. Okay, so one is more abstract, one is more practical. I would say that's one. What what some have pointed out, others have said no. These two are actually they're 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 the, they're saying they're the same thing. They're highlighting the same concept. Um, it's not too important to actually to get to the absolute bottom of it of this. Uh, all in all, we know is that what we know is that this has to do with our faculties, and that how powerful those that is for us. Those are for us in living our lives as well. How important and pivotal they are for our lives. He also gave limbs that um, we, he or she uses that serve him or her. Adawatan tools or organs. One can say that uh, a person utilizes and uses as well, okay? So these are the different things that Allah has equipped us with. So now I want to say once a person uses all of these things, the, the adhan, the fikr, the adawat, the jawarih, yes, the thoughts, the um, faculties, intellectual faculties, the organs, limbs, all of that, you gain a ma'rifah. So he says here, وَمَعْرِفَةً يَفْرُقُ بِهَا بَيْنَ الْحَقِّ وَالْبَاطِلِ Slowly, this person gains a cognition, an understanding of things, to the point where they can tell between truth and falsehood. Now truth and falsehood having to do with the do's and don'ts that God wants maybe, but also even truth and falsehood and what works and doesn't work in our everyday lives. Okay, We gain experience, we gain ma'rifah, we gain an understanding that helps us. And not only can we differentiate between truth and falsehood and what works and what doesn't work, but وَالْأَذْوَاقِ وَالْمَشَامِّ وَالْأَلْوَانِ وَالْأَجْنَاسِ So the Imam, he like goes on with different things that we're able to uh, differentiate between. The different um, tastes, the different smells, different colors, different things out there. There's different species of things out there and creatures out there. We're able to to tell them apart from each other. If we didn't have the right faculties, we would be totally lost and probably wouldn't survive on this earth. So that is very important. All of this while ma'junan bitinatil alwanil muhtalifah wal ashbahil mu'talifah wal al-dadil muta'adiyah wal akhlatil mutabayinah. So if you remember in our last session, we talked about how God created our physical being from different soils and dirt some sweet some sour or salty some hot, some hard some soft and what was said there was that some have said this is a metaphor and what it signifies is the different potentialities that we have the differences that we have with each other so there's a there's a lot there's a lot of difference and diversity when it comes to each and every one of us compared to each other us human beings now this part though this part points that out again a little bit, that we are different from each other, but then talks about how there's a lot going on within us. Within us, we'll find a lot of um, cohesion. We will find a lot of, at the same time, contradiction. It's very interesting, in our even in our physical beings. 
Okay, so let's uh, discuss that. First of all, he points out that we are a mixture of different colors. Here, some might say, okay, different colors. Okay, there's some of us who are black, some of us who are brown, red, yellow, white, you know, the different races and ethnicities. But there are others who have said, no, no, no. It might be talking about, because the context is talking about us and ourselves right now. And so this doesn't mean the different colors we have amongst each other as human beings, but rather within us you will find different colors. All the different colors. You look at our teeth, they're white. You look at our skin, there's a certain pigmentation. You look at our blood, it's red. You look at our flesh, it's another color. You look at our veins, you look at our brains. All of these have different colors. It's not that we are just one color and we're uniform in that. No, no, no. We are made up of so many different colors within us. Just like the world has different colors. Just like the universe has different colors. Just like different human beings have different colors. But within us even, we have all of this. But at the same time, although there's a difference in the colors within us, al-ashbahil mu'talifa. At the same time, we have some, some things within us that are in harmony with each other, that are working alongside each other. I think that, uh, and some have pointed this out, and I like this, that it might be this, uh, pointing to the different systems the body has. The skeletal, the muscular, the nervous. Okay, so like you'll have a bunch of bones next to each other. These are similar to each other, ashbah, and then mu'talifa. They are cohesive, they're together, they are in harmony with each other, right? Our skeletal system is made up of lots of bones that are similar in their, of course, in their makeup. They're made of the same thing. Our bones are all similar to each other within our body. And they are working together in harmony. So the skeletal system. The, our muscles, same thing. The muscular system. Our cardiovascular system. Our respiratory system. Digestive system. Urinary, reproductive. All of this. These are systems that are made up of lots of times, maybe you can say similar units that are working together. Okay, I think the best example for that would be the skeletal um, or one of the best examples for that would be the skeletal and then the muscular and the nervous system. So we have a lot of harmony within us, but guess what? We also have al-avdad al-muta'adiyah wal-akhlaat al-muta'bayana. We have a lot of opposites within us as well that go against each other. They're, they actually, if you were to bring them together, they're not going to get along with each other. Okay? And the examples of that some might be able to think of. وَالْأَخْلَاطِ الْمُتَبَايَنَا أَخْلَاطِ الْمُتَبَايَنَا So I'll, some might say, okay, why didn't he give, give any examples for opposites that go against each other? Opposites like, for example, our muscles are like some of the softest things um, and the tissue that we have in our body. This, they might be the softest matter that we have within us, but then you'll have bones at the same time. And these bones are so hard that after... Many, many centuries even, these bones still exist. And you find fossils of people and dinosaurs and organisms uh, or, or animals. So these are, these are contradictory to each other. These are opposites of each, other, of each other. Our flesh that is wrapped around our bones, yes, these are opposites of each other that don't get along with each other. Bone and flesh, these are going to be, if you were to push bone at flesh, it'll go through it, it'll pierce it, it'll destroy it. But look at that, they're coming together, these opposites that don't get along with each other, and yet they are still in one body. Okay? And then you have وَالْأَخْلَاطْ الْمُتَبَايَنَةِ 
Now, those of you who might be familiar with traditional slash, some like to also call it Islamic medicine, I'll just say traditional medicine, you will have this idea of akhlat and how these akhlat are mutabayana also, that they are contradictory to each other. And they are differing of each other. Akhlat mutabayana. What am I talking about here? You have this idea of the different contradicting temperaments or elements um, that traditional medicine talks about that you find within the human being. Okay? What are those four? Usually there are four. Um, one is warmness, one is coolness or coldness. Yeah. And in Farsi, this warmness is referred to as garmi. Uh, we also, I think, have this in Urdu, garmi. And then in Farsi, for coldness, you have sardi. And then you have dryness. And then you have moisture or moistness and, and um, wetness. And so you'll have these four. Now, of course, <laughs> I'm not going to get into any of these details. There's a lot of discussion here, but it's a very big thing. You can, you can Google this, the four elements in traditional medicine or the temperaments of the body. Um, you'll find, you can, if you can look this up, and there's a lot there. Here, um, the first thing that comes to mind, and because this traditional medicine goes way, way back. Now, were these terms being used during the time of Imam Ali, that's something to look into, and what's going on here exactly. And some, yes, as I said, have pushed this idea of the Imam is pointing those out, because, I mean, look, it says har. Uh, which means hotness and warmth and warmness, bard coldness, balla uh, wetness and moisture, jumud dryness. So they're like this. He's probably talking about that and he's pointing that out. Anyway, these temperaments that we have, that our bodies have, these are not these are not uh, in harmony with each other. And so there are some who have more hot uh, hot uh, warm warmness in them. There are some who have more coldness in them and so on and so forth. And some have a combination of some of these. And the, when the balance of these is thrown off and there's an imbalance, that's when the body reacts in certain ways. I don't know, rashes might come out and break out. I don't know, other things, fevers and so on and so forth. There's a whole, it's a whole science in and of itself, brothers and sisters. And some of you, as I said, are probably familiar with this. And um, some of it is also Islamic. Uh, for example, you will have the whole uh, bloodletting um, or cupping and hijama and so on. These are to bring back that balance and other things that are consumed uh, of herbs and spices and so on and so forth. So, I mean, there's a lot going on. I'm not an expert in that. I'm just pointing something out, some things out that we're, we're, we've all heard of. So here it's saying that Imam Ali, uh, that, or they say that Imam Ali is pointing out that, matter, that topic and subject of uh, the temperaments of the body. To, to point out that, look, within us, we have so much going on um, that makes us really like kind of like a miracle. <laughs> uh, within us, there's so much going on. And it reminds you of that famous line that is attributed to Imam Ali. That do you think that you're just a small speck um, that there's nothing going on in while the whole like grand universe is is within you um, and is rolled up in you. So it reminds you of that. I mean, they attribute this to Imam Ali. Um, anyway, so after going through all of this, Imam Ali wraps it all up. He says, look, this is your creation. This is the creation of insan, the physical slash spiritual. 
And so there's one point here that before I end, I want to discuss. And that has to do with this, uh, the whole combination of uh, the soul and the physical material body. Okay, Here, it is explained by scholars that this is the reason why we have such a we have such a uh, challenge and fight that we have to put up when it comes to us versus other beings that don't have this. The angels, they don't have the physical side. The animals in the animal kingdom don't have the spiritual side. They don't have the soul that we have, the adhan and fikr that we have. Okay, They don't have that. And that is what makes us so special, this combination. Okay, Or else if you look at animals, they also enjoy... A lot of the things that were discussed in this khutbah, yes, they have adwaq, masham, alwan, ajnas. They they can they can tell the difference between some of these to an extent. Um, they sometimes even see things better than us. Their senses are stronger than us. Actually, sometimes they will have these different temperaments, probably too, as has been discussed in traditional uh, medicine. So they'll have that. The angels have a ruh, a very special ruh, yeah, but they don't have the physical aspect. So it's because. Allah has brought these two together in one being that makes this being so special. Why? Because of these two facets that we have, we have that potential to go through this physical aspect of ours, pass it, surpass it, and then strengthen the spiritual side of us so much that we go to the highest levels of spiritual development because we have that fight within us, that resistance within us from the physical side of us. But at the same time, we have the potential to go really low, lower than the animals and baha'im and cattle, as the Qur'an says. Why? Because despite having that spiritual potential and potentiality, we don't activate it, we don't actualize it. We go through it and we just go down, down, down to the level of animals. But because we had the potential to not be just animals, as a result, we are deemed lower than those cattle and animals. So that was the first stage. These past two sessions that we've had were uh, they made up the first stage of our creation, the physical slash spiritual creation of Adam and Al Insan. After this, the Imam moves on to the uh, story of the prostration and so on. And we'll talk, we'll discuss that in ensuing episodes. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.